Welcome to Crack the Customer Code, where your hosts, Jeannie and Adam, unlock the secrets to keeping your customers happy and coming back for more. Adam, I think we should create uh, audio CDs of these podcasts and then have people sign up to receive them in the mail. What do you think? Oh, wow. <laughs> Um, you know, I don't think I want to be involved in the operational <laughs> aspects of that. So, but I would invest because it sounds like a winner, Jeannie. <laughs> it would have been a winner back in whenever, like early 2000s. <laughs> oh, like the Columbia House podcast. We pay like oh, a penny. Oh, remember that? Oh, oh, yeah. I do remember that. How sad that is. But I do. I know. <laughs> of course. Of course. We all did that. Um, so, of course, these subscription models that are out there, the box the boxes that come to your house with everything from, you know, dog treats to clothes to everything you don't need. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing, but uh, so many of those are doing so well. We're kind of uh, experiencing a renaissance, if you will, in subscription models. And I think it's really interesting because the conversation we have today is all about retention focused on that model on the subscription world. And I want to put a little caveat that I don't know that so many of them are doing that well. Many of them are growing and um, getting mm -hmm. market share. Uh, the ones that are actually succeeding as viable businesses and not, yes. run, not burning through their venture cash. That is a much smaller number. That is uh, true. But they are. No, they're, they're very interesting. And obviously people love them. Um, you know, if I see like an ad for one or something like that, I immediately rip it out of the magazine so my wife doesn't see it. Um, <laughs> she's like, oh, my gosh, a box of dog toys every month. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Uh, but, but, you know, I mean, think about it. The variety of what's out there is mm -hmm. amazing. And that's just, you know, the uh, the boxes. You know, that's not mm -hmm. even to talk about the digital subscription economy that exists. Right, exactly. I mean, it, it. there is a lot out there. And I think any of us as customers could sign up for several in a day and still not make it through a year <laughs> of getting through all of them. So uh, well, I think yeah. it's, an, it, it's an interesting discussion around customer experience and what is it and how do you keep that going when people are expecting personalized service throughout this entire process over and over and over again when they're subscribed to something. Right. So and how do you retain? Exactly. Well, you know what? We had a good conversation with our guest. We should share that information. That's what I think we should do. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> so our guest today is Guy Marion. He is the co-founder and CEO of Brightback, the industry's first customer retention automation software for subscription businesses. Previously, he was entrepreneur-in-residence at Matrix Partners and the CMO and COO at Autopilotus, head of online sales at Zendesk, and CEO at CVS Dude, which was acquired by CollabNet. Welcome, Guy. We're so happy you're here with us today. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, thanks so much, Guy. And I, I know you're in a business that focuses, uh, focuses on excuse me, customer retention, and there's always this you know, tension in organizations between acquisition and retention, where the money goes, where the focus goes. So since you are a retention person, we're going to give you a chance right here at the outset to make the case for retention. 
<laughs> yes. Well, thanks for thanks for asking and raising it. Um, it's obviously a tension that's been uh, around for a long time. But you know what's really changed is uh, companies and the industry has fully moved towards the subscription model. And um, you know, I think in years past we had whether it's software or hardware or technology or other types of non-subscription services, sales drove a lot more of the upfront activity, and then there would be services that would implement or There'd be, you know, you would purchase your item and take it home and use it, and then you may or may not ever return it. Um, in the subscription economy, you're partnered with your customer, whether that's an end user and a, you know, a, a subscriber to Netflix, or whether that's a, a piece of software. And so, ninety uh, percent of the revenue for most companies comes after the point of purchase. Um, there's been such a huge rush towards moving into the subscription economy and companies moving their business models to this approach that for the last 10 years, it has actually been all about acquisition. But it's really only now that now, uh, you know, the, the technology industry as well as the consumer industry has caught up with the fact that keeping customers happy, keeping them to refer your service, to turn one-time buyers into repeat buyers and to help you improve and evolve um, is the name of the game today. So um, that is the case for retention. And uh, it does not mean that we're not all working to acquire customers. Of course, that remains and will always be a focal point. But today's companies, you're better off having net retention that says that your incoming customers will be paying you more a year from now than will have disappeared from a year from now than having a company where you lose your customers and you're having to work double hard to acquire them. Well, yeah, I yeah, I love that, and I think it's uh, it's so such part and parcel of the subscription economy, so to speak. But I want to ask you about the subscription economy, and are there limitations to it? I feel, and I don't want to call any companies out right now, but I feel like I've gotten offers to <laughs> uh, for subscriptions for things that I'm like, really, is this really a good fit for a subscription? There's no way on earth I'm doing this. Uh, do you feel like all the talk, do you feel like people are pushing the boundaries of where it's good or maybe it's just like the right mix? What are you seeing out there? Yeah, it's a great question. We probably are going through a bit of the golden age of the subscription uh, business now, the subscription economy. You know, for example, there's 2,500 box companies in America alone, right? Like Birkhoff <laughs> and Trunk Club and all, oh, the, wow. all the types of, of box companies you can imagine. Um, many of them are losing money. Some of them are making money. Um, you know, if the funding environment stays strong forever, then they'll keep going forever. At some point, it's inevitable there's going to be a thinning exactly. out of the space. Um, whether this is a flaw on the subscription model specifically, or whether this is a symptom of the general funding environment and the stage of sort of technology growth, I think that's the, the more open question. So, <laughs> well, I'm going to say the VC models definitely got some flaws to it, but uh, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't yeah, mean well, the, that doesn't mean the other thing's not true either. And I think it's funny to think back of like when I think back to the local stores and services that my mom was very loyal to, they all had this kind of element of, uh, you know, setting things up for her in a way that was convenient in, the, in a regular fashion. So she used to tell me all the time that she was very loyal to this local pharmacy because when my sister, my older sister was born, she had all these allergies and could only have this one formula and nobody else carried it. So they would order it every month just for her. And she thought that was so nice because they would call her and say, we've got this for you. And it kind of reminds me of what we're trying to do with the subscription models, basically proactively say, 
look at this. We've got exactly what you need. <laughs> it's going to show up every month. It's it's, But it's like some of the old rules of old school traditional retail still apply um, to this subscription model. And I think, you know, what I think happens to a lot of us as customers of these things is we try them and we subscribe to a few things and then we decide what's right for us. And so I bet a lot of brands are trying to figure out why subscribers are opting to leave or unsubscribe because let's face it, we it's really easy to do that now. And so is there anything you've learned about why customers opt out and what should we as, you know, just in general, what should leaders know about those reasons? Yeah, you know, it's a really good it's a really good point. And uh, I, I know what you're saying about your mom would have received the a consistent and personalized level of, of, of service at the drugstore, for mm-hmm. example. I could think about that with my grandmother too. And she would always go to the same restaurant on the same day and have the same meal ready for her. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's a human <laughs> thing. We want we want familiarity. We want to be treated as individuals. That's what that's what makes us uniquely human. And um, I think that what the subscription companies are starting to figure out. In fact, I was just speaking today with one of the big American sports leagues, and they're trying to figure out how to improve their retention of their streaming service, for example. And it starts with that introduction. Like we actually see uh, at Brightback, my company, we um, we measure and we, we we think there's probably about fifteen or twenty reasons why people leave services, not five hundred, not five. And so we can sort of take these underpinnings and look at how those are applied across, you know, what that means for different types of businesses. So like the number one reason why people don't leave is they never got welcome to begin with. Um, you know, whether it's signing up for new streaming service or walking to the drugstore or implementing a, a sophisticated piece of software, failure to be welcomed, whether that's show me how to download my app, start pick the, my favorite uh, episode to stream, uh, watch it, and then later on see another one I'd like to watch or whether it's where I should go in the store, or whether it's how I should be implementing the process that allows us to get our, our value out of the service, poor out, uh, onboarding is a terrible reason why companies and users fail with services, because it's actually one of the most actionable. You can figure out who those people are in real time and engage them and turn it around. You know, In more than 20% of cases, you can actually win back or retain somebody who is leaving not because they particularly dislike your service, but they just never figured it out. There's other examples too, like misunderstanding your service or your product, not figuring out how to go find that streaming service or thinking I don't have access to features that I do, when in fact those are included and it usually comes down to user experience or design or placement. Um, so those are examples where customers can be um, educated and essentially re-onboarded and, re- and learn as well. Pricing, of course, is another one that is always... Uh, on the tip of everyone's tongue. If you think about it, pricing sort of the exchange rate between the value that you get from whatever you're buying and the cost that that vendor is charging for you to get it. And so if that value, if that price is not meeting what your expectations are, that's why we cancel services, right? I don't want to watch any but one TV show. Why should I pay $40 a month for this? So there's ways to sort of smooth and solve that friction that occurs in, in the buying process in subscriptions. And um, you know that could be moving them to another product or plan that's more specific to their need um, that's much more retentive because it gives you access to a lot more or getting them onto a plan that's more uh, closely aligned with your interests if they move to an annual plan, even if it's lower cost because it 
drive longer term relationships. So there are opportunities to to sort of solve the customer problem that um, result in retaining that customer for a much longer period of time. Well, you know, all those dynamics you just mentioned, I mean, that's one of the things that's fascinating to me about just, you know, what you're talking about and what you do with retention and the subscription model is how immensely informational the data is for making business decisions. So one of the questions I would have for you is you talked about that sort of like 15 or 20 reasons, um, you know, that customers leave. Do you see any trends between the physical subscriptions and the digital subscriptions where, you know, the, uh, these are sort of the things that are endemic on the digital side. These are sort of the things that are, you know, endemic on the, uh, like the subscription box side. And here are the things that are common for all subscriptions. Yeah. Um, I think for the physical, so there are some, there's absolutely some commonalities between physical and digital. Um, and actually we can take the negative view. What are things, you know, so sometimes companies align around KPIs that you should be measured against. And those are things that we absolutely have to achieve that measures our success. And then sometimes you have guardrail metrics as well. Things that we should never have occur because that is guaranteed to lead to our failure. So some guardrail metrics would be um, poor performance or reliability. So whether that's a damaged piece of furniture that you receive from a vendor that in return results in having to do four calls and escalations for them to come and repick it back up for you and convince them to actually box up your damaged good for you. Or on the technology side, it might be you really wanted to watch the Super Bowl and the service went down and you couldn't watch it for the first five or 10 minutes. Those types of re- service reliability issues are uh, very difficult to recover for companies. And it typically results in brand aversion and movement to alternatives. Um, and so that's an example of where, uh, regardless of what your service type is, poor performance or reliability or complexity of using the service or complexity of using the, the approach. Like, would you rather order a furniture set at home that has a 50 page manual and, you know, and, and 300 screws or the one that has <laughs> five <laughs> bolts and lets you hang out with your kids in the afternoon on a Sunday instead. Um, and the same thing applies in the technology world, you know, consumerized uh, user experiences replace the traditional archaic IT driven feature sets of past technology a long time ago. And so, you know, consumers want things to be beautifully simple, easy to use. And um, that's a commonality across all goods as well. Gotcha. Well, and it's so true that we all want it to be, I I like how you said beautifully simple, because that's absolutely (laughs) true. And I'm curious because subscription, a lot of what is appealing as a business about it is that it's pretty automatic, right? Like people sign up and then every month you see a charge or every year, whatever. Um, On the customer side, sometimes people get into situations where they say, oh, I'm done. I don't want this anymore. And traditionally, there have been some roadblocks proactively put in there for customers so that, oh, you can call me today, but gosh darn it, your billing cycle started yesterday, so you've got to wait it out, you know, (laughs) and you've got an annual subscription, so you've got to wait it out. Um, And I'm curious about that because I think sometimes when we talk about customer journeys and customer experience, we often forget to talk about the exit. And what impact that has on how a customer walks away and feels about the brand and tells other people about the brand. So I'm curious, is is there any kind of rule of thumb or what are you seeing around 
how do you balance that, you know, need to keep customers, but also the treating them right at the end, if they want to cancel, if they want to move on, how, how do you balance those two things in the subscription yeah, model? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, some a little data, we did a study recently with 332 responses, and we wanted to just understand the state of retention among subscription companies. And what we learned is that although 97% of the respondents said that retention is a priority for the coming 12 months, when we drilled into that on the B2B versus B2C side, only about 44% of the B2C companies said that uh, we're appropriately prioritizing retention efforts and about 63% on B2B. Both of those are far, far less than the, mm. the stated company goal that, yes, we focus and prioritize retention. So what that tells me and tells us is that, um, you know, first of all, there's really only a strong awareness around the importance of retention that's starting to seep into the subscription economy now. Um, and I think that's from, again, where we are in the funding cycle, suddenly subscription companies are disrupting other subscription companies. It's no longer about replacing older business models. And so it's here as the mainstream now and we have to get better. I think in terms of your specific question around the the uh, cancel experience, I love that you call it out that we forget about that. I often call it like the missing micro moment or the forgotten micro moment is the moment of cancel. Mm -hmm. Customers will tell you exactly what they think. Yep. We've tested this and they're honest at that point. If you survey them and ask open-ended questions, um, they're telling you. They're, they're, they're moving with their wallets. They're moving their feet with their wallets at that point. So it's don't listen at your own peril. Um, and what we've learned is that there's no benefit to making it very difficult. I actually talk to companies regularly who – have hidden the cancel link someplace or have forced people to go through support mm -hmm. systems or have introduced a four-step process. And what we see is complaint rates increase as well as the fact that, yeah, as human beings, we don't want to be put through that. If you want to be out, you want to be out. So I, I think what we're seeing in the best practices is more about recognizing the moment of cancel is often about identifying people who've still got unfulfilled needs and they're still they still have positive sentiment. And it's about identifying those people, solving their problem, which in turn re retains that customer. And then for the others, gathering insights so you can move upstream and improve the product or service that's going to make a better future customer experience. Because the impact of having a really bad cancel experience is guaranteed blow up on Twitter and Facebook. And that's something that companies um, are mm -hmm. even more sensitive to, it turns out, than the numbers, which is good because it means that we're focused on the customer. Right. <laughs> yes. I mean, I, 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 say right. We, I, I don't think that is the mainstream. I think the mainstream is a forgotten <laughs> micro moment, but I think that's where right. it's going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I totally, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'm cautiously optimistic about, <laughs> about that focus. I hope that that's the future because I think it, it is something that, um, it can sour an entire relationship built over months or years. And I think that's the part that brands yep. don't always Trust recognize. Is, takes months or years to build and can be lost in a moment. And that is something that can rarely be overcome. Yeah. It's very So true. if you, with all you've seen in this space, if you were going to give one piece of advice, whether it's a proactive step or a cautionary, don't do this because this is what so many do. What's like the one final good nugget of advice you would give for somebody who is starting a subscription company from the ground up? Yeah, it's a great question. I think um, the one piece, of, the one nugget is while it is critically important to grow your customer base, 
early on. And so an, a new company, a startup, a business is going to be obviously focused on selling and acquiring. Um, go customer experience first. And by that, I mean there's a trend in the space now for hiring customer success even before you hire sales. The business entrepreneur or the founder needs to be working with customers, figuring out the right target fit for a subscription service. Make sure you get, you're, you're solving the needs of a, of, a, of a common set of customers. We call this the ideal customer profile. And then actually invest in success before sales. Figure out how to onboard them deeply, like work with the customer, understand the need. Um, and then if they do leave, survey them. Ask them why they're leaving and how you can improve next time and measure those systematically over time because that is the easiest gauge for you to figure out, are we selling to the right people? Is our product delivering the getting the customers the desired outcome? And do we have the systems in place to be able to jump and respond in need? If you do that right, the growth will come, assuming you aren't serving a market of maybe eight potential people in the world. Assuming you have a larger market than that, then if you keep your customers happy and have 100 loyal fans who are raving and screaming from the top of roofs, over 10,000 sort of online users, you will succeed and grow from there. Mm -hmm. For sure. And this makes me think we should start a box <laughs> subscription company <laughs> because I feel like I feel like I'm not part of the in cloud since I don't have one. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I was thinking like you could do like your toenail clippers run out, you know, sort of fade out <laughs> once on average every 7.8 years. Right. Right? And That's so, the kind of subscription that we're getting into now. <laughs> well, this was a lot of fun. We so appreciate you being here, Guy. And uh, as our listeners are listening to this and want to learn more about you, where can they find you? Uh, yes. Thank you for asking. They uh, they can visit our website at brightback.com, like bright, have a bright day and back, like come right back, brightback.com. Um, and we also have a Twitter handle. Excellent. Brightback.io. Well, and we'll make sure those are in the show notes as well. So thank you again for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed the conversation and thinking about uh, personalized drug store experiences in the past. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good way to think. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, likewise. Thank you so much, Guy. All right. Thanks very much. Have a great day. You too. So I guess my idea around you know sending CDs every month, it's probably already been done. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably, yeah, so it has been done. <laughs> yeah, there, but, I think there was a service back in the day where they would deliver gold ingots to your ah. to your uh, mud hut cabin in the early <laughs> Roman Empire, and you could do that every one every month in exchange wow. for a bale of hay. Um, so yeah, I think every model has been tried now. You know what's interesting to me is I, I mean I just from the subscription box standpoint, like I really mm -hmm. love the idea and. I'm sort of happy that I have the life I have or I travel so much and, you know, with keynote speeches and training and clients and all that, because it's actually kept me from not having 50 of these things <laughs> because I go, God, you know, what am I going to, I'll never catch up. Right. I'll be like right. spring and fall. Like I won't even see the box. There'll be a stack of boxes unopened. Uh, and so it, I think it's actually prevented me because there's so many, I'm like, Oh my God, that mm -hmm. looks awesome. I know. I know. They're very tempting. But I really appreciated how Guy kind of tied this back to, you know, we talk about retention as a priority. And I think his stats, you know, the one he talked about where 97% of the leaders said retention was a priority, but only 44% said they were appropriately prioritizing retention. And often when we talk about customer experience, we 
kind of dilute it into these ideas of it's about surprise and delight. And it's about these things that are great, but really it's about you need to keep more customers. And if you can unlock how to do that, that is really where you can invest in customer experience so that more customers stick with you. Um, and so thinking about that from the subscription model is really interesting. And I think it's a conversation we haven't had before. So well, I actually think part cool. of the conversation we've had in a different way. So one of the mm -hmm. things I really loved that Guy said was about the guardrail metrics, mm -hmm. right? differentiating the different metrics in a subscription business. And the, the guardrail metrics were the the quality, almost quality control measures, so to speak. Mm -hmm. right? you know, is the service on time? Is it down? Is the box broken? <laughs> you know, right, when it gets right. there. And you know, that's something we do talk a lot about, which is Okay, surprise and delight's nice, wow's nice, are all important, but is your base experience consistent? Right. Right. Is the base experience always on, always there, dependable, reliable? And I, you know, I think that carries over very well. It's essentially different language for the same principle. Right. Yeah. And I think the whole idea of something simple like well, they left you because you never welcomed them to begin with. <laughs> you know, that's something that we we kind of overlook those moments when we really have to put that all together and make sure that all of those things, to your point, are consistently delivered so that people feel valued and like they're getting that personalized experience on a regular basis, not just in those big moments that we much, tend to focus on. Much like crack the customer code is delivered once a week regularly, which means that if you're listening for the first time or maybe the fifth time and you haven't hit that subscribe button, well, when is there a better time than when we have an episode <laughs> about subscriptions? I think now is the time to hit subscribe and join our tribe. Look, another rhyme, Jeannie. I I, I can't agree more. That is... Today is the day. If we're going to if you're going to subscribe, today is the day. So, we always appreciate our listeners. So, thank you so much for listening to Crack the Customer Code and for all your ratings, reviews, shares. Those all help us so much. So, keep them going. And Crack the Customer Code is a proud member of C-Suite Radio. So, be sure to check out all the great business content at csuiteradio.com and csuitetv.com. We appreciate you spending your time with us. I'm Jeannie Walters, and you can learn more about me and our journey mapping programs, customer experience training, workshops, and speaking at experienceinvestigators.com. And I'm Adam Deporek, and by now you know that you can find me at customersatstick.com, but in the spirit of our subscription episode, I'm going to invite you to come to my YouTube channel, that's youtube.com slash customersatstick, and subscribe. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.